Strength of the Things That Remain podcast. Uh, we're glad that you're here today. Uh, of course, uh, I'm Bradley Boone, your host, and this is Todd, Todd McKinn. McKinn. And uh, today we have with us Brother David Edwards. And uh, we're going to be talking to Brother David here in just a minute about the uh, pastoring in a rural area. But first, we're going to talk to you about Escota Pottery. It's still our only sponsor. <laughs> Strength of the Things That Remain brought to you by Escoda Pottery. And we actually have some of these great mugs for sale now. If you want to reach out to me or Brother Todd, either one, we can, we can work that out for you. $25. It'll help. Uh, every bit of it goes to charity. And it's uh, Send an Underprivileged Child to College Fund. And that yeah. under, underprivileged <laughs> child is my son, Trey. Yeah, so he needs <laughs> yeah. I was going to say it goes to the Black Rifle Coffee Fund. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I wish Black Rifle would sponsor us. Reagan, what do we got to do to get? I don't know. Maybe we need to call them. Sponsorship by Black Rifle. All joking aside, many people have asked about the mugs. Yes. And uh, Miss Rachel just made a made some recently, and uh, and uh, she does a wonderful job. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Brother David Edwards. This is the second time that we've had Brother David. Of course, he's no stranger around here. He's our friend and helps in our Bible college. Uh, We're going to talk about that a little bit on. The podcast as well. I'll remind everybody that we do have a Bible college, Blue Ridge Baptist Bible College. Brother David helps in it, and Brother Todd and myself, as well as uh, Brother Scott Poole. And uh, we'll be starting back here about uh, third week of August, something like that. Amen. And uh, anybody that's watching is interested in Bible college. We're able to do it uh, 100% online if you want to do it online, or you can come here on Tuesday nights and attend class here, either way. And uh, so, um, we have a good time, too. Yes, yeah. yes. I mean, really, really. A, yeah. I, I think it's a spiritual, spiritual school. Yes, yeah, he's been a time to. We just go to church. Oh, yeah. Man. yeah. Oh, yeah. I like it. Um, Brother David is the pastor of the Turkey Cove Baptist Church. Now, if you think that sounds rural, it's because it is. Uh, you know, we're rural people. You might not have been able to told that by our high city accents, you know, that we're out in the sticks. You might have thought from our highfalutin way of talking that we were New York people or something. I've been accused of that a time. We're not. We're not. We're, we're, we're country bumpkins pretty much. And uh, Brother David, in order to get to his church, it's up an old crooked road. I remember the first time I ever come up there, brother, and I like to kill my, myself getting out of the van, but that's another story. And up that crooked road, and then all of a sudden, there's this big old church on the side of the road, and big old sanctuary, and it's just full of people and full of life. Uh, we want to talk a little bit about that. I believe I read somewhere about 90% of churches are in rural areas across America. A lot of what we would consider small works. Um, even as big as your church is, I think if, if you're on the grand scale, you'd consider it a small work. Um, talk to us a little bit about pastoring, the mindset. I guess, first off, preacher, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, when you pastor a church of, let's say, less than 500, you have to invest in people more than some of these guys that pastor churches with thousands. Right. 
has to be an individual ministry. Yeah. Tell us about how the church has grown, what you've seen that you've done right, what you've seen that you've done wrong. Let's talk, talk, talk to us a little bit about some of that. I'll tell you a lot about the wrong. <laughs> I ain't done much. I don't think I feel like I've done much right. Um, I've been there, this, this year's my 15th year. Uh, when I went there, um, I think I went there, uh, there's 50, 60 people. And, uh, and the Lord, I can't explain what the Lord did in, in, in the first four or five years, six years that I was there. It felt like we were in revival. Probably for, I mean, it did. It felt like a spirit of revival for at least six, seven years. And, uh, and like you said, it was, a, it was an adjusting period for me and for the people in the community. It was mostly a, a, a community-based church, which a lot, I believe a lot of rural churches right. are. They're, they're community-based, and rightfully so. I think that's the way it should be. Um, there was a lot of people came from outside of our community because it is... Uh, not an easy place to get to. Um, I think you know. Over the years, I've heard a lot of excuses, car sickness, and right. and, and that right. is a thing. You know, right. I, I'm not belittling that one. You know, one bit. But uh, you know, we've had people come and say, "Preacher, we'd love to keep, we'd love to keep coming." But you know, our kids just get sick coming up this road, right. and, and that's just something you know you just have to deal with, and and other things. And then over the years. Um, I, I've seen over the years things change and it seemed like um, more people from outside the community as the church uh, through those six or seven years matter of fact Brother yeah. Todd preached one, one of the revivals there in the old building uh, that ended up going two and a half weeks had several saved and out of that uh, out of that one revival the church it, it, the, by word of mouth and uh, and I, I can't take credit. My, my church, um, our church was vocal about their church, not only in, in the Turkey Cove community and the Woodlawn community and our community, the community that surrounds our church, but in our county, they were vocal. And I, th um, I, think, that's, I think that's key yeah. because people beget people. Yeah. Right. And so... Did you do something? Did you did you steer them in that direction? Try to encourage them to be more. We tried. I, I tried to encourage them to invite, and I still do that. Still to this day, um, you know, try to get them invite. You know, I try to invite. His, you know, if you're out in a restaurant or, uh, and we got we got door knockers. You know, uh, I mean door hangers, and yeah. we'd hang them on doors and we'd visit. And I'll be honest with you, and I still believe in visitation, and, and, and I, I still believe, but that wasn't what begat our people. Right. It was our people, just like right. you said. Right. It just by word of mouth, people that I did. And i tell you what really um, blossomed our church. I mean, I know God did it, but there was a great work, uh, a great work in our young people. And uh, we, had a, we had a great, when I first went there, uh, not too long after I was there, the, uh, we started a youth choir, and the youth choir kept growing and growing and growing. We started seeing a lot of young people getting saved and young people getting excited. And those young people started telling their peers uh, you know, about their church. They were excited about their church. And so they started telling their, uh, their peers about their church and what happened in the services. And it, they were excited 
sure. about what was going on. They got excited about Sunday school. They got excited about the services. So that made mom and daddy excited to see their right. children excited. Right. And I still get cold chills talking about it thinking about it. And, um, and that's what really, I think, really blossomed. We've seen it go from, you know, to 60 to 80 to 100 to 120, then 130, and then it's, it's 150. And then next thing we know, we was in a building with 160, 170 people with a building that could seat comfortably what, Todd, you've seen it. Maybe 100 people. 100 people, yeah. really. I mean. We'll get you back to the Strength and the Things That Remain podcast very soon, I promise. But we want to talk to you just a minute about the Blue Ridge Baptist Bible College. Me and Todd, I know this is hard to believe, but we are college professors. Isn't that right? <laughs> if you say so. <laughs> I mean, we're professors. You're, you're the doc. Professors yeah. at the Blue Ridge Baptist Bible College, and we'd love to have you in the upcoming semester. It starts in August, uh, toward the end of August. I've not got an exact date. Reach out to us on Facebook, and we can get you more information about it. It's available as a completely online version if you want, or you can come and be in person uh, for the upcoming semester. Either way, we'd love to have you in Bible college. It's very affordable, about $300 a semester. And uh, you pick up the book cost, of course, but $300 a semester, and you can be at Blue Ridge Baptist Bible College. Think it's worth their time? I think it is. We have a great time. We have a great time. And uh, uh, I think it'd be a blessing to you. Well, we hope you'll reach out to us. Now back to more of the Strength and the Things That Remain podcast. And that was, and, you know, even in that, even though there was a lot of times our men had to stand around the back wall and, and sometimes our young people would stay in the choir, it just, it, they just enjoyed it. They loved sitting, yeah. you know, like right. that. Matter of fact, when we, when we moved into the new sanctuary, uh, Really, I had, I wouldn't call it complaints, but complaints, but, but some people did say, I miss that closeness. Yeah. You know, I, I miss, right. you know, kind of people was kind of spread out a little bit more and we was thankful for the room and thankful for what God did, but they had missed that, you know, just being, yeah. you know, piled in on one another and that closeness. But I think what really, what really stirred the growth was word of mouth in, yeah. in, they started going, it was, next thing you know, we had kids, kids encouraging their mom and daddies to bring them, and then we started seeing mom and daddy saved, and, and like I said, those kids, we had, I can, I in particular, seen some, and this, I hope some teenagers are watching this, uh, we had a couple of girls that got burdened over some classmates, and man, every service, yeah. they would hit that <clears throat> altar and pray for their classmates. Well, we started seeing those classmates come and get born again, and then their parents come, you know, or their parents come, and and it just started. It lit a fire. Yeah. And uh, and that and I would have to say, uh, we went through a time there when uh, we had a we had some division in in our youth, and that and and kind of divided there for a while. We went through a little low time of young people, and then you know back in 2016, the Foothills Youth Revival, and hit it sparked them again, and that fire. And and really, it's it it's not stopped since then. Right. Our our youth, yeah. Our youth, and not just our youth. I have some great. Um, I I I mean, I, I hear Baptist preachers talk bad about their deacons all the time, but I've had some good men, right, that stayed faithful with me and 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 stood with me and 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 people just solid saints that's that stood with me and I still do and I'm thankful for that. I have a good core Amen. 
And, uh, and I think that's what it takes. If you're going to help your church, if you're in a rural area, I would encourage you to be faithful to your church, not just on Sunday morning, not just on Sunday night, but be there on Wednesday night because that encourages. I see so many discouraged pastors, and I yeah. know that's, a, that's done, been talked about, and that's totally oh, another podcast. Yeah. But I see so many, especially in these rural areas, I see so many churches, so many pastors in these rural areas yeah. that are discouraged because, you know, they'll go in on, on Sunday morning and they'll have a, a, you know, pretty good crowd on Sunday morning and then Sunday night, you know, uh, you know, a quarter of that sometimes comes back and then, right. and then, and matter of fact, I, I'm not ashamed to tell you, we're going through that right now. Right. Uh, after, since Corona, since the pandemic, uh, you know. Changed um, everything. It changed everything. Yeah. You know, preacher, uh, of course, we're rural here, probably sure. more than more than you are actually, because of our county size. Maybe not mileage outside of town, but county, yeah. county size. Um, I've you know tried everything in the world, want to grow church, grow church, grow church, and we've grown. God's blessed us. You know, we're I don't know how many times bigger than we were when I started because we only had eight. So if you only got eight, it don't take much yeah. <laughs> double in size. But um, you know, I bought books. I won't drop any names here. Books by people that are watching and listening to this podcast, they know. Books by people they probably never heard of before, just trying to. But you know what I found? All them church growth books, all that. Start a bus route. Uh, yeah. Go knock every door on the city block. Uh, start start a start a block campaign for. That doesn't work out here. And I'm not saying buses don't work. I'm just saying for me personally, right. we've tried it four or five times right. to start yeah. a bus, and it's just we've we've done it. We. That's what that whole visit, what I was telling about that visitation program, the door hangers and all that. And we could, we canvassed our whole neighborhood. I mean, in the North Cove area, the, our whole surrounding, the neighborhoods surrounding us. And, uh, you know, and we we tried to, a van route and we, you know, we'd pick up two or three here. Mm-hmm. But in, in, in our county, we have a, we have a large Baptist church that, that has a thriving bus route. Right. So it's hard to get, a, it, yeah. and I, I'm not, Jealous of one bit. I'm right. glad they get those youngins there. I'm thankful, uh, but and I'm not against bus routes. No. And you know, I know there'll be people watching and say, "Well, I lived in a rural area, and if it hadn't been for the bus route, I'd never went to church." Right. I understand that. Right. I'm just saying for us, just, you know, it and just never it has worked. I think it works in some communities. In some communities, it doesn't. Right. In our community, that bus route, yeah. they work. They work it so good, uh, and and I, I believe just like what I was talking about, our kids inviting their peers. I think it's what happens with those bus kids. You know, the bus kids invite right. other bus yeah. kids, and, yeah. and and I think it works great. Yeah, I, I wish we could, but it just hasn't worked for us. Right. We tried and tried and tried. And you, just, you know, one thing you said that was interesting that um, it is hard to do anything without good help. It is. You know, it and is. you know, you're talking about you got good men around you. Uh, I know good ladies. Yeah, good yeah. ladies. Yeah. But I know men that that pastor churches, and and really they're they're trying to pull the whole load. They're trying to do it all, and it's just uh, you can't. You, you can't. just can't. Uh, no matter no matter how hard you try, you've got to have somebody uh, to help pull that net, to help uh, carry the load, do the work. Yeah. And uh, uh, I think that's that's key. Yeah. And he's talking about your young people, uh, and I remember that revival back there, and how God began to, to bless and move. And, and if I'm remembering right, you didn't have a lot of programs to reach young people. It was just Bible preaching and worship, and 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 you know what I'm saying. And and people just got they just got hungry for God. Matter of fact, there's one lady um, 
asked me, she said, uh, she came and she visited our church a few times and she said, well, she said, I know what you do on Sunday morning. You know, I've been here on Sunday morning. She said, what you do on Sunday night? And I said, we preach. And she said, well, what do you do with the kids? And I said, I preach to them. She said, well, what do you do on Wednesday night? I said, I preach. We pray and I preach. And she said, well, that's too much preaching. And and and, and unfortunately, that's that's a lot. And let me say something else too. I, I know there's probably some young preachers yeah. listening. My young preachers has been a blessing yeah. to this pastor. Yeah. Um, young preacher, you can be a blessing or you can be a hindrance sure. to your Absolutely. pastor and to your church. Absolutely. And I'll tell you something, I, I don't have a, and I, I do have other young preachers come in, but when I'm gone now, I, I mean, I, I've got young preachers now in, uh, in the church that I don't fear a bit, that I know won't hurt me right. while I'm gone. They're I'm not going to tear down your authority. They're not going yeah, to say anything exactly. stupid. Exactly, and I, you <laughs> they're don't not, know what that means yeah. to me as a pastor. You know, uh, years ago, Brother Ray Aiken, you remember Brother oh, Ray? Yes. Uh, I used to always get him to preach for me when I was going on vacation because at that time I didn't have no young preachers. We got throw a stick here and hit young preacher every time now. But uh, that during that time, I didn't have no young preacher. Here's what Brother Ray used to always say about that. I'd call him and he'd say, yeah, I'm going to call him. He said, I don't want to leave just any old rooster in charge of a hen house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I can just hear you. Yeah, and, but my men, my men and the ladies there at the church, these, I can't say enough about right. them. I can't. Um, yeah. It's, um, and, you know, don't you think, preacher, you're talking about your young people. What I've found around here, and we got gobs of young people here, and what I've found is that young people like something. Number one, they like something that's real. Yeah. They can spot yeah. fake yeah. a mile away. And the other thing is they like something that is alive and stirring. That's it's, it. You know, a lot of so many churches and so many people now are trying to reach young people by worldly means. You know, the, the, yeah. trying to go to contemporary music and everything, and really everything the world has to offer in order to try to reach young people. But it, you don't have to do that to reach young people. Right, and when you reach them that way, what have you got? Yeah, and you got to try to keep them that right. way. Right, yeah, and I mean, <laughs> I know everybody's not going to think like we think, and but I think we're hurting a lot of our young people trying to give them something false. Yeah. Um, Something that's not, and what I've seen, just what you said, they want something that's real. And what I see in young people is, am I, I can't say nothing about nobody else's young people, but, well, I can. I, I can, from from just from experiencing what we experienced a few weeks ago right. um, at youth camp, we had, every night, we had the old men of God. We had Milton Taylor. We had Alan Barker. We had Ron Beatty. We had uh, uh, Rudy Smith. And those young people, those young people responded to those sure. old men of God and what they had to say, just just what you said, because they knew they are they were real and they had stood the yep. test yeah. of time. Yeah, that's right. And they seen, I believe they seen something in them that, you know, hey, this works. Yeah. This, this old time way works. Right. And, and y'all correct me if I'm wrong here, but what I've learned, you know, I preach a lot of youth meetings, youth revivals down through the years, and what I've learned about young people is if they're saved and you preach it, you can't hardly preach it too tight or too hard if they know you love them yes, exactly and you right. care about them exactly. and, you, and you preach it with compassion, you can't hardly preach it too, right. too straight or too, too hard. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and matter of fact, most of them, 
they 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 appreciate it. Yeah. Yes. Sir. And uh, I think, like you said, we're doing our young people an injustice by not preaching that book to them. Yes, sir. And 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 trying to point them in the right direction, and and, and instead of letting the world get a hold of them or get yes. the grips in them. I, I I will say this too. Um, I think when you said invest in people, and this is something that somewhere I'm having to tighten up in my life right now. A lot of times as the church grows, if you're not careful, you'll get busy with other things, preaching yeah. meetings and, and just other things in general, if you're not careful. Um, I know my my grandsons are young and, and I I invest a lot of time in them. I want you know, I want to see sure. them saved. And I don't regret none of that time that I'm yeah. investing in them. I invested a lot of time in my son, but I, I know this whenever I first went there and the church was growing and you don't just invest your time in the in the ones that's going there, but you invest your time in their families, even though they don't go to your church. Yeah. I found myself investing time in their families, and some of them families we won, and some of those families never came to church. Right. Uh, you know, you, you preach you preach funerals for people that you didn't even know, but because they're there was a grandmother or a grandfather right. or a aunt or an uncle or a brother or sister or whatever. You didn't even know them, but, but you, I mean, when you first went there and they weren't members of your church, but you got to know them through your families. Yeah. And I think a lot of times, and that's somewhere now I'm finding myself having, I'm, I'm just laying it out there for you. I, that's where I'm finding myself having to tighten up now as the church grew. Um, you know, I kind of, backed off of that a little bit because it, it did get kind of overwhelming, overwhelming. and and, uh, I, and I don't know I don't know how y'all feel about this and I would like to have some comments on this on this podcast about this where from other pastors where how many people how 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 where is it that a pastor needs an associate right yeah you know I, I, something I've prayed about for two, three, four years. Right. You know, uh, right. Where, where is it there that a pastor needs somebody to like? Now, like I said, I've got some young preachers that that you know they'll jump in there and they'll help and they'll do. And, right. And, but you know, a few a few weeks ago, there's a fellow that comes to church here. He's kind of a quieter kind of fella. He come up to me after the service and he said, "I need to talk to you." I said, "Okay." Walked up in my office and we sat down. I don't think he'd mind me telling this. He said, Preacher, he said, I've been wanting to talk to you now for a few weeks, but he said, Seems like you ain't got time to talk to me. Uh, it hurts. Yeah, I thought, I said to him, I'm sorry. I never, never meant for it to seem like I don't have time. He said, Well, just always people around you and everything. And as, as the church grows, just exactly what you said right yeah. there, if you're not careful, People particularly that are not real strong, uh, that don't have a real strong personality, mm -hmm. they fall through cracks. Now I got some people that, I'm gonna talk to them whether I want to or not, every yeah, service, yeah, cause yeah. they're gonna be up talking to me. You see what I'm saying? Right. So I, I see that in my own, you know, my church ain't big as yours, but I see that in my own. In yeah, my own. and you know, always, I've always done this, the first church I pastored, it was a small church, you know, like when I went there, there was 12 people. And uh, we, you know, you know that whole story. The church burnt down and building a new sanctuary, and we seen the church grow and seen God do some great things there. 
but even even in that, you know, you still you, you get cumbered about. <laughs> yeah. So, so to speak, yeah. and if you're not careful, and I've always done this, always after the service went back, and I made it a point tr- to try to address everybody that goes out those doors, and I find that harder now to do it. Mm-hmm. I still yeah. go back there, mm-hmm. and I know we're in the, uh, you know, social uh, the social distancing and all that stuff, but um, you know, and some people, you know, they'll look at me and wave, and I'll wave, at, but I still, I think that's important. Um, that they know yeah. that you know that they were there. Yeah. Right. Um, right. And that, and yeah. You know, people, really ministry, pastor, it don't matter what you're doing, if you're in the ministry, it's about people. Yeah. It's about loving people. Am I wrong? I mean, I no, think that's right. It's about okay. loving people. And I love pastoring. I love yeah. it. I love, I, I look back and I tell you, you know, like I said, I can tell you a whole lot more things I've done wrong. Yeah. And, and that's what I was telling you a while ago. I feel like that's some of the, one of the main things I've done wrong is getting disconnected. I think, in a sense, as a church group, getting disconnected from right. them. And but um, you know, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not making excuses. Like I said, I, um, um, you know, I don't, I don't regret the time that I invest in my boys right. and my family. It's like that preacher told you, you know. You know, preach all over the country. If you ain't careful, you well, yeah, preach all over the country and try to save other people's yeah. kids, get other people's kids saved, and lose your own if you're not careful. Yeah. And I don't lose my own. But that's it. Love it. I think they got to know. Yeah. What what's that old saying? Nobody won't know how much you care. Uh, it don't matter how they it don't matter how much you know do they know how much you care. That's right. Yeah. And I think that's right. I yeah. Think. And I you think know, that's right too. Sometimes as sometimes as a pastor, things hurt. People hurt you. And you feel like withdrawing, you know. There's this temptation, and I've been guilty of that. Oh yeah, there's this temptation of, bless goodness, I'll stay in my office until the choir gets up to sing, and then yeah. I'll slip in there and sit down on the front pew, preach my message, and yeah. go hide until everybody's yeah. gone. Uh, but we need it. I mean, our people need it, but we need it. Yeah. You know, I was reading a book this last week, and the guy that wrote the book, he said, people that say, well, God's all, me and God, that's all I need. I understand the concept. But he said in this book, he said most people that say that are either ignorant or arrogant mm-hmm. because God places people in our lives well, to be a help. The Bible says that God, it was not good for man to be alone. Right. God saw it's not good for man. And so he made him a help meet. Yeah. And, and, and so it's not good for man to be alone. Right. And he don't just need himself. I mean, that's a biblical principle, I feel like. Right. That's taught throughout the Word of God. Uh, uh, but you know back to loving people um and when you put yourself out there and you really love on people you are going to get hurt yeah uh and the the the, the danger that i see and i've you know, even experienced in my own life when you do that and you do get hurt you have to be careful and guard against getting bitter yes because it, it can happen you know because your people going to hurt you yes yeah. uh whether it's in pastoring though or any aspect of life, you're going to get hurt really, uh, period, yeah. by people. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, and I was telling Brother Bradley this earlier today, we were talking, and uh, the first church when God began to deal with my heart and the first church that I went to, uh, we went a few times, maybe two or three mm-hmm. times, I don't know, and I probably nobody came and shook my hand. Mm-hmm. Nobody came and shook my hand. And, mm-hmm. uh, and what I thought was, they don't care if we're here or not. 
Right. Yeah. You know, they don't care. And I went to another church, and everybody, I mean, was so well, you know, yeah. I was acted like they were glad we were there. Right. And when I go to Turkey Cove, it's like that. It seemed like, you know, you can't even get through the end of the sanctuary from a foyer to you've already shut, you know, several people have shaken your hand. You're glad, glad you're here. Uh, but, you know, um, and that's part of